Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Already sensing such a sweet spirit in here. Your presence is here. Your anointing is here. Your power is here. Your glory is here. So, Father, we just lay everything at your feet tonight. Everything at your feet. Whatever it is that we came in with, we lay it before you tonight. Every worry, every care, every concern, every confusion, every misunderstanding. And Father, my prayer is tonight that as we seek your face, as we worship you, as we pray, as we hear your word, as we seek your face, that you will be illuminated in our lives that your glory will be revealed, that our lives will be transformed, and that all the cares, concerns that we came in with begin to fade. That they just begin to fade. They fade in the background, for all we can see is your face and your glory. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Do what you do. We're here to worship you and to just be in your presence. Father, those who are hurting, bring relief tonight. Those who have physical ailments, bring healing tonight. Those that have confusion, bring clarity tonight. Those that need wisdom, bring wisdom tonight. Father, your word says that when we ask, we receive. When we believe. And so, Father, we believe tonight. You are the giver of all good things. The giver of hope. for a glorious future with you for all of eternity. And we worship you tonight for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If everybody could stand with me, we're just going to open with a couple worship songs. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'm just reminded that you, when Moses asked, Who, what is your name? And you just said, I am. So tonight, you are the great I am. You are the great I am. You are the great I am. Father, we worship you. 
Father, we praise your name. Thank you, Lord. He is all we need. He is love. He is hope. He is forgiveness. He is redemption. He is reconciliation. He is healing. He is provision. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Praise your name. We praise your name. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this time of worship to be in your presence. We thank you for your glory that transforms our lives. Father, have your way in this place. Have your way in each of these vessels. Father, we thank you for new wine. New wine. New wine. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's have this sense. We're going to pray some more at the end, but just take a minute and just focus on that he is the great I am. He is I am whatever it is that you need. So just fill and focus in on that blank tonight. Whatever it is that you need, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a lost loved one who is far from God tonight. Just spend a moment of just some personal prayer time Thank you, Lord. You are the great I am. Father, you are hope. You are hope. You are hope. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for hearing our prayers tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Father, thank you that we can cast our cares upon you for you care for us. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you for your sweet presence here tonight. We worship you. Worship you. Thank you that you are refreshing. <laughs> Thank you that you are the refresher. Thank you that you are strength. Father, we thank you that with you all things are possible. Things in our life that seem completely impossible are possible because of you. 
So Father, strengthen us tonight with resolve to move forward on the path and the calling you have for each and every one of us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Turn around and say hello to someone. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that we can come to you. We can learn from your word and the things that you have for us. Father, illuminate our hearts tonight as we study your word, as we look to see what you have to say about prayer. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Luke 22. Luke 22. I want to talk a little bit about this whole Jesus praying in the garden. And I want to kind of, I want to walk through, this is mentioned in all four Gospels. Uh, There's a briefing about it in John. Uh, And I just want to start with just a couple things I want to preface the prayer in the garden with from the other Gospels, then we'll focus on the one in Luke. Uh, But the first thing I want to preface with in John, in the Gospel of John, when it's talking about this, they don't go through the prayer at all, but he does say that Judas knew exactly where Jesus would be because he went there often to pray. He went there often to pray. So Judas knew where to find him. So do people know where to find you when you're praying? It's just something that was just resonated with me is we just need to, we need to, I just for me personally, and if this speaks to any one of you too, just to continue to press in more in prayer. Press in more in prayer in our lives. Judas knew exactly where he was. The second thing in John, and we're not going to turn the but it's in John 18 if you're taking notes. In John 18 it says, when they asked him a question, when they asked him a question is, you know, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He says, I am he. And when Jesus spoke, he spoke with such power of the Holy Spirit that the soldiers actually went backwards. If you, if you read that closely, the actual soldiers went backwards. I am he with such power that they actually went backwards. And if you notice that what happened was, is when did that power come from, in the book of John is when the soldiers showed up, which means that time that Jesus spent in prayer increased the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. It increased the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. If you look at Matthew uh, in uh, uh, chapter 26, the things that I just want to point out here real quick is that as Jesus went to this garden to pray with his disciples, he left some of them on the outskirts and he took three with him even closer. And those same three are the ones that he took in with him to Jairus' house when praying for Jairus' daughter to be healed. And so we, as Christians, when we are looking for partners in our faith, we need to find some really good prayer partners that will pray with us, pray for us. It was those three men of faith that he took in further. And then in Mark 
again, we'll spend our time in, in Luke here, in Mark 14, it talks about how when Jesus was praying, his soul was sorrowful unto death. I mean, he was burdened so much. One second. He was burdened so much that his soul was sorrowful even unto death. And Jesus clearly told them to watch and to pray and to be on the lookout. Watch and pray and be on the lookout. And if you notice all through the Bible, it says we need to be on the lookout because the enemy is roaming around looking for whom he may destroy. So go with me to Luke. Go with me to Luke and start in verse 35. And I want to start in verse 35. I want to start before the time of prayer in the garden because there's something here that I noticed before this prayer that then something happens after this prayer. And really what it's showing us is the difference between when the disciples were trying to pray and actually fell asleep a few times and those and Jesus as he was praying and as he was pressing in. <clears throat> verse 35, and he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said nothing. So Jesus was referencing when he sent the disciples out previously, he said, go out, take nothing with you, and you will be provided for. And then he said to them, but now, now, he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. And so I'm just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why did he tell them, take nothing, everything's going to be okay, and now he's saying, hey, gather up some stuff and get ready for what's coming at you. I believe it's really for the main reason is that Jesus knew his time was here. And Jesus knew that as he was on this earth and the spirit was with him and the disciples were with him, they had an anointing on them to go do what they needed to go do. And they didn't need the extra things. But if you notice after Jesus ascended, what did he say? Wait, don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes down with power. So it was like this time frame of there was this before Jesus ascended, before the Holy Spirit came, as Jesus wasn't here, it was like, you need to take some stuff with you. And you need to be ready for the battle that is ahead of you. Verse 37, for I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with transgressors for the things concerning me have to end. And so they said, look, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. So there's two swords available. He says, okay, we don't all need to take the swords. We don't all need to be ready, but just, let's just take two swords. We'll find quickly who picked up one of those swords, okay? So now they're going into the garden, verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When they came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And I was like, wait a second, this is interesting. And the only place in the Gospels where it's saying, Jesus specifically telling the disciples, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Now we all remember the Lord's Prayer, where he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So what Jesus was asking his disciples to do is to begin to pray and ask for strength not to be deceived by the enemy to walk in fear, to walk in doubt, to walk in all these different things that the enemy was trying to bring upon every single one of us. He says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
Verse 41, he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw away, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Think about that prayer. Think about that prayer. And sometimes we think that, man, maybe we shouldn't pray that prayer. But Jesus prayed that prayer. Jesus knew what was in front of him. And he was asking the Father, if it's your will, could you take this away from me? Guys, there are times in our life where this prayer is very, very relevant in our lives. We might be going through something. It might be a struggle. It might be something that God is breaking off in our life. And this is the prayer that we say we pray. Because the same as the prayer uh, in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not mine, but yours. This is exactly what Jesus was praying. He's mirroring, really, the Lord's Prayer uh, in Matthew 6. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. And then he says the key word, which all of us need to say when we pray. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So many times in our life, we're going through something, and we want it to pass so quickly. We want it to just be done with it. We want to put it behind us. I want to pray so quickly, and I just want, and sometimes the Lord works that way. Sometimes there's something in our life, and he puts it right behind us, and sometimes he doesn't, and we begin to cry out. We say, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Can you make it stop? Can you make this pain stop? Can you make this issue stop? Can you make this thing stop? But we always have to say, not my will, but yours be done. Because so many times God is working something out in our life. He is working on something. And some, many, many times through that testimony, there's the test that comes before the testimony. The test comes before the testimony. Verse 43. So as Jesus is praying, look at this. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. Oh, so he is saying, I can't do this. Take this away from me. I can't do it on my own strength. How many have prayed this prayer? I can't do this life on my own. I can't do this in my own strength. There's no way. It's not possible. What happened? The heaven sends help down to us. The angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. And being in agony, verse 44, he prayed more earnestly. Okay, look at this. He got strengthened to do what? To actually pray more. He was strengthened to begin praying more. He didn't get upright at this point and say, okay, where are the soldiers? Come and take me. Let's go. I'm ready to go. No, the angel strengthened him to pray more. And so often when we pray, we feel like we have an answer. We say, great, let's go. Let's move on. But so many times we just need to continue to press in. He prayed more. More earnestly. says, then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I don't know about you, but this is like a real thing. I looked it up. Uh, it's called, I got some messy notes here. Hema, and maybe anybody medical can tell me what this, uh, hematidrosis or something, hematidrosis. It's actually when the body is under such stress, such emotional stress, not physical stress, emotional stress, the blood capillaries and the vessels in your body actually begin to secrete blood and mixes with your sweat and with your tears and you actually begin to sweat and to cry drops of blood. This is real. This is not common, but this is real. But Jesus was not common. 
So you think of the emotional strength that, or strain that he was going through. He actually began to sweat blood. Verse 45. Then he rose from prayer, and he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping from sorrow. Sleeping from sorrow. So the disciples are trying to pray. However, they are being, pray so you're not tempted. They are tempted to what? To sorrow, to fear, and they end up saying, I can't do this anymore. They end up falling asleep. They end up falling asleep. And then Jesus says to them, what are you doing? What's going on? Why do you sleep? Rise and pray again, lest you enter into temptation. He again says, lest you enter into temptation. So for me, that is like, hey, I need to continue to press in in prayer. No matter how much my, my mind is telling me, oh, I need to, I'm worried about this, I'm concerned about this, I need to start thinking about it. What Jesus was saying is, lest you enter into that temptation, go down that road, we need to press in in prayer. Verse 47, look at this. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude... And he who was called Judas, again, Judas knew where he was, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, you are betraying the Son of Man with a kiss. And those around him saw what was going to happen. They said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? Ah, the sword comes back. So the thing that Jesus said, hey, there's some things you need to take. With us, so here ends up the sword. It says, Then one of them, and if you look at the other gospels, it's actually Peter, one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now think about this for just a minute. So Jesus says, Don't take anything with you. And then he says, Okay, it's time to take some stuff with us. Go ahead and take the sword. So obviously, Peter was one of the guys who picked up one of the two swords that was available. Now the crisis hits. The crisis hits. Peter's very first response. Very first response is to what? Pull out the sword and attack. Pull out the sword and attack. Why? Because he was in fear. He was worried. He was concerned. Why? Because he wasn't praying. If you notice, he was sleeping and not praying. Jesus said, if you would pray, I almost believe that if they would have been praying, that Peter would not have cut the guy's ear off. If you notice what happened, because he said, don't enter into temptation. You need to pray. And Peter was sleeping. Three times it happened. If you go look in the other gospels, three times he went, found them sleeping, not praying. And so Peter's first reaction is to use one of the physical things that Jesus said, go ahead and take. Not the spiritual things. He took the sword. Verse 51, but Jesus answered and said, permit even this, and then he touched his ear and he healed him. So even when we screw up, even when we mess up, even when we begin to use the physical things that we think that we need in order for the journey, for the battle, God heals. God restores. God takes care of our issues and our faults. And Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. And I'm not going to go through it, but if you look at the rest of this chapter, it talks about Peter denying Jesus. 
And remember back when Peter, when Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him three times, he's like, what? No way. No way. No way. Won't be possible. <coughs> then Jesus tells Peter, pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Peter doesn't. He sleeps. Jesus tells him again, pray so you don't fall into temptation. Peter doesn't. He falls asleep. Jesus tells him a third time, pray lest you fall in temptation. He doesn't. He falls asleep. And look what happens in Peter's life. He starts reacting in the physical. He starts cutting people's ears off. And he's denying Jesus. The very thing that Jesus told him he would do. And he's like, there's no possible way I would do that. But he did it. Now the great news is, is Jesus forgives. The great news is, is that Peter, that very same one who was in the flesh, in the carnal, using the sword, and denying Jesus three times, is the very same Peter that he builds his church on. It's the very same Peter that preached the first message that saw thousands of people saved. It's the very same Peter that he says, I will build my rock. I will build my church on the rock. So he's a redeemer. He's a restorer. But he's calling us to prayer. He's calling the church to prayer. He's calling individuals to prayer. He's calling us to intercede for those things which need interceded for. Sydney, if you want to come back up. What I want to do tonight is I just, I want us to take this to heart. Pray lest we fall into temptation. <laughs> Whatever temptations are out there, we know, the, we know the word says that it's Satan who tempts, not God. Satan is the great tempter. What situations are in your life that you're tempted to react in a carnal way, to react in fear, to react in haste, to react in denying all the things that we see Peter do. And I'd like us just to pray for a moment for that. And then when we're done, I'll kind of lead us in that and we'll kind of move to the next thing. I really feel like then as a church, I'd like us tonight to pray and intercede for our youth. Not just the youth of this church, not just the youth of this school here. But youth in general are coming under a major attack of a lot of different things, most specifically gender identity. And we know it's not from God. We know it's from the enemy. And many of those kids are not praying lest they be tempted, and they are tempted into these things. But the Bible also says that the church is interceding and can intercede and make a difference in people's lives as we pray. The Bible clearly says, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So I just want those two to be our prayer focuses tonight. What is it in your own life? Just begin to pray to him about a situation you might be facing that you're sensing or feeling like you want to react carnally at. And then second, I just want to spend some time and intercede for our youth. It's a real situation we know of some, even as of, as, as of today, something came up of someone we know that's a little bit distant from us, but this is a real thing. And we as a church have to figure out, <laughs> we have to church as to figure out how to help in this situation.
how to one interceding. That's all I know to do right now. <laughs> That's what we're going to do tonight. I don't know what else to do yet, but wisdom and guidance for the church, not just here, but at large, on what to do to bring hope to these kids who are battling this temptation from the pit of hell, from Satan himself. The last verse, and the power of darkness. We need to break the power of darkness over these kids. So let's pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Father, as a church, we cry out to you. We say, lead us. Give us wisdom, O Lord. As a people, Father, let us be so found in you in every moment at the ready to be light and love to the broken and the hurting and the weeping and the mourning. And Father, is out of pain, confusion, rejection, that these children are being taken and caught up in the lies of the enemy. And Father, where there is darkness, I speak light. And where lies have taken root, Father, I declare truth. Father, show us as a church how to reach them with your love. How to reach them with the good news of who you are. That their identity is found in you. Father, I pray for the children of the church, the youth of the church. It's not just the youth of the world that are being taken captive here. Father, it is our own. Father, I just speak strength to parents. Speak strength in the community of the fellowship of the brethren. Father, that parents wouldn't be parenting alone, that they wouldn't be struggling with big issues alone, but that there would be community of intercessors, of groups, of love that would come alongside them and surround them. Father, I pray that we would be ready in season and out of season with the word of truth, the voice of truth in the lives of our youth and our children. And we rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. We thank you, praise you, Father. Praise you and I thank you.
for your good plans and purposes for their lives. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you for this time of just entering in. Lord, I just keep feeling the word refreshing. (laughs) So, Father, thank you for your refreshing for each and every one of us tonight as we go about the rest of our week. Father, may we hear your voice more clearly. May we press in deeper into prayer, interceding, but always saying, your will be done and not mine. So, Father, we just ask now, your will be done in each and every one of our lives. Your plans, your purposes, your callings, Have your way in our lives. We thank you for all you're doing, both in this church, in this town, and in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.